Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast here with your host, Alec Jesse. Thank you all for tuning in, and I know it's been a while since I last recorded. I think the last time I recorded was Thursday night, Friday morning. It was very, it was very late or early. Well, no, uh, well, uh, depending on which way you uh, see it, but anyway, um, so I did not end up recording before this past Saturday's games. It is now Sunday uh, afternoon. I am in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I am back at school, but uh, but we'll do a lot of recapping. Um, and there is a Big Twelve SEC challenge, I believe, coming up this week, uh, or this weekend, uh, in six days. So that'll be worth mentioning. But there's a lot of games to get to. And here's how I'm going to kind of do this. Now that we're kind of in the heat of it, you know, some of the teams that some of the bubble teams, I'm not going to focus on so much right now. We're we're going to kind of dial up like or kind of dial in to the top teams to the you know the 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 one seeds two seeds the three seeds the four those kind of teams right now and then as we go on uh during the season as the, as it gets closer to tournament time then the bubble will, will become more relevant so teams like you know it would, you know it will if a bubble team is playing a ranked team we'll obviously mention them but we're not going to go in depth into say Alabama basketball or Seton Hall or off the top of my head, uh, another team on the bubble, Butler, something like that. We're not, not going to go in-depth in those teams unless they play a, a team that's uh, kind of at the top of uh, the rankings. Uh, so that's how that's going to go. Um, so, again, I kind of tiered off the teams last time, right? I had, like, my my top five, and then I had kind of everyone else kind of the deal. Well, I'm going to go through and rank a top ten, Um because I've been thinking about this. Now, a lot's happened. So let's take this with, you know, I haven't really discussed like all, but right now, if I were to pick a top 10, if I were to pick a top 10, all right, number one, I would be going with Tennessee at the moment. Tennessee would be my top team. And uh, again, we'll get more into their performance, but that's number one. Number two would be Duke. All right, number three would be Gonzaga. Number four would be Michigan State. They've been awesome without Josh Langford. Uh, Cassius Winston has been the best point guard in the country um, the last couple weeks. Number five, Michigan, coming off their first loss of the season. Um, then you have Virginia at number six. Uh, I feel like they kind of got exposed. We'll talk about that as well last night a little bit. But um, they're still... I put them at six. I think there were four coming into the to the uh, the week, and number seven Kentucky. Um, this is where it gets kind of tough. Uh, n- number eight, I'm probably going to go with Nevada. Um, another undefeated week. That's probably my number eight team in the country. Uh, number nine is where it gets tough because a lot of teams lost this week. I'll pro I'll probably go stick with Virginia Tech. At the moment, I'll probably stick with Virginia Tech because that um, they lost this week to Virginia, but still, we're talking about a team with two losses all year. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. In number ten, um, I'm going to go with North Carolina. That's going to be my ten, my uh, tenth ranked team at the moment. <coughs> Their record is a bit underwhelming. They've had some underwhelming performances, but that's who I think is the tenth best team in the country at the moment. Resume wise, maybe not. Um, but we're talking about a team that still is beating Gonzaga, coming off a an undefeated week as well, where a lot of teams lost. So that would be my dead thing. Uh, and then after that, I mean, you got Kansas. I think you could put um, I'm trying to think of how I mean Texas Tech. You know, coming off back, they had a back to back loss week. They're they're I doubt they leave the top fifteen, though. Uh, even with that, um, I, I would make a case for Auburn in the top fifteen. I know they're currently ranked fourteenth. But my goodness, I mean, without their starting center yesterday, and we'll get into that game, uh, they played pretty pretty darn good in that second half. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd lobby for them to be up there. I, I think LSU, maybe not top 15, but close, I think. I, a team I don't understand, they're not getting any recognition. They'll be in the top 25 this week. But, uh, you know, they, they had a bad loss against Oklahoma State. They only have three losses all year, Oklahoma State – 
I think they lost to Florida State and, and at Houston. And Houston's a team that's lost one game all year. Um, it, just those three losses, and for whatever reason, that they are they're not ranked right. They, they've been ranked for weeks. Uh, I think the last time they were ranked was I don't think they've been ranked since they lost to Oklahoma State, and that was back in November, uh, right after Thanksgiving. I, so I, I don't get that at all. That's another team that's really good. I mean, that, that te- that's a really good team. Just went to Ole Miss, went on the road there, um, and, and they, they played two teams that were undefeated in conference this week, and they went 2-0 uh, against those teams at home against South Carolina yesterday. But, but as for my top ten, that's my top ten right now. That's who, who I would go with. And really, those are the teams that I feel like have the best chance of winning at all. I feel like after 10, it starts to get a little... Uh, you, you can you can find a team, I think... You're, like, Auburn, I think, is dangerous. That, that team could go to the Final Four. Um, now, do they have to shore up some things? Sure. I mean, they're not perfect. They're not flawless. But they, they are a team that, no matter how much they're down in a game... They're going to be a threat to come back, and it's not like last year. Last year, yes, they shot the three well. All that they're deeper this year, and I think that they're I think they're less banged up because Bryce Brown had shoulder problems at the end of last year. Anthony McElmore, or Macmore, however you pronounce that, uh, was also hurt. Uh, that's that's that was the kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, they had all the guys. The FBI thing kept Daniel Purifoy out. Um, Austin Wiley out and they were kind of hanging on by a thread there as far as their depth goes and then uh, Macmore breaks his ankle uh, at the end of conference play and they just kind of sputtered from that point on I think if that doesn't happen they're a team that probably ends up in the second weekend uh, I know Clemson really destroyed them in that game um, in the, or I guess that was the yeah that was the second round matchup um, in the round of 32, but I, I think Anthony McElmore or Macmore, I don't know how <laughs> which one to say. I go back and forth, but regardless, he is. Uh, um, he's he was a big difference maker for him last year. I think he led the SEC in shot block or in, in blocks per game, shot blocking, um, and losing him was a big toll on. This year, I think they're better than that. I think they're clearly better than that, and they don't have bad losses this year. I mean, well, losing to, you know, they lost all Miss on the road, but that's not even that terrible of a loss now. Um, so anyway. But but after my point is, after you leave the top ten, I feel like now you're starting to see, okay, these are the ten. These are the ten that really are going to matter in March. And I know people, you know, I know some people are going to be like, ah, I don't know about North Carolina quite yet. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Rothstein had his rankings out, and I, I tend to agree with a lot of his rankings, especially in the top ten. I, I agree with almost all of it. Um, but I don't – and he had him at, I think, Carolina at like 17 or 18. I get that. I mean, it, right now I don't think they have necessarily the resume of top ten team, but I think they're the tenth best team in the country, and they've just won two straight games. And, you know, they went on the road and handled Miami. And, and that's the you – know, yes, the, the Louisville debacle they had – which we haven't talk, even talked about that, was bad <laughs> last Saturday. I mean, losing to Louisville at home like that is not really excusable. And, yes, Louisville's a solid team, a team I'd probably put in the top 20 at this point, but they are they, – Carolina is way too talented to lose to it to that Louisville team at home. Really on the road, too, but definitely at home. So, um. Point yeah. Point being is that they have they've underwhelmed at times, but I think with their roster and now it seems like they're picking up a little momentum. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think uh, come March, I, I think they're going to beat Duke uh, one of the two times. I don't know which one. You favor them at home, obviously, but Duke's beatable at Cameron Indoor. They're beatable. Two straight games, we've seen that. Um, Let's open up with Duke. Well, you know, we can go through all the top ten. Because I think that's the, that's where I want to focus most of my time is the top ten. Um, well, let's start with So, Duke. We tied Duke and Virginia into this. Um, the ACC schools uh, at the top. Duke had a wild week. So, Cameron Reddish on Monday. Well, first off, we have to go back to the Florida State game. The Florida State game, so if Zion Williamson gets hurt, right, and he's out for the second half. And so, I mean, R.J. Barrett has to go hero mode. In some ways, it's good for Duke. 
Sometimes that works, surprisingly. In theory, it shouldn't, right? Like, if they're on the road 13th-ranked team and you're just going to the same guy over and over again. But you're talking about R.J. Barry, you're talking about one of the best freshmen in recent memory. I mean, you're talking about a terrific player and a guy that ended up with 32 points in the game. I mean, 8 9 from the free throw line, uh, <clears throat> 4 of 7 from 3. I mean, he, he played all 40 minutes. I mean, he he was... He was the man for him. They had to have it. And Cameron Reddish, finally, like finally, been waiting for this guy all year. And he hits uh, the game-winning shot <coughs> for Florida State. They have since gone very – they have spiraled out of control since this moment. They're currently right – they just lost today to Boston College. They have lost three straight uh, now. And they are one and four in conference, a team that I really liked coming into the year, and a team that was looking really good coming into the year, is now kind of spiraling downward. To Leonard Hamilton has to do some damage control. They just lost at Boston College, a pretty bad team. I mean, so this was kind of like their game. Like in, in you know, they were up one, and you know, you saw the play. Cameron Reddish gets wide open on that out of bounds play. Knocks down a three, kind of you know gets gets his feet set, can get, get in a rhythm, and he drained it. It wasn't even close. So Cameron Rush finally shows up, terrific um, for Duke because you you love to see that. Great win for Duke, right? They, they they win on the road against the top fifteen team at the moment, top fifteen team at the moment, and um, you lose without your best player. You know, you lose without your most talented player. Your Duke, you gotta love that. And then Monday came around, and Cameron Rush is out with an illness, but that's not too big of a deal, right? Because he's 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 kind of third. He he's if you had to pick one of the big four to be out, that's your guy, right? Because okay, we got some guys that can shoot off the bench. Uh, you know, RJ and Zion are clearly a, a, ahead of Cameron Reddish, and Trey Jones is the most important player on the team as the point guard. So you're okay with that. Duke came out of the gate, smoked him. I mean, it was, it was like 12 to nothing at the beginning. You're like, oh, goodness. You know, Syracuse, bad, you know, underwhelming team. A team that came in ranked, I think, 15th, lost to UConn. Oregon, who's not very good, lost at home to Old Dominion. I mean, we're talking about a team that's just, you know, very underwhelming this year. And you would expect Duke to do what Duke does to teams like this and just destroy him at home. And... The entire complexion of the game changed when Trey Jones went out with that sprained shoulder. And it, you know, Duke went from rolling on offense to t- kind of disheveled defensively. Defensively is where it really hurt him. Uh, Tyus Battle turned in his best performance of the season, 32 points in the afternoon. Pascal Chukwu was, uh, he's been playing college basketball for a long time. <laughs> he looks like it. 10 and 18. 10 points, 18 rebounds, 9 offensive, and 9 defensive. Talk about consistency. Three blocks. It was terrific in overtime. But anyway, Syracuse able to send it to overtime and then win the game. I mean, in, <laughs> you know, Zion gives you 35. He was terrific. You know, RJ gives you 23, but he took some bad shots. And But he, he almost had a triple-double. I mean, you're talking about 16 rebounds, 9 assists, 23 points. But Jack White. Jack White killed him. 42 minutes of action, didn't score a point, 0 for 5 from 3, fouled out. Or 0 for 10 from 3, excuse me, fouled out. Um, Duke is not a good three-point shooting team. 9 of 43 in this game from 3. 9 of 43. And Alex O'Connell, of all people, set his career high at 16. It was 4 for 8 from on the arc. <coughs> um, you know, Duke, Duke's just not a good... F- three-point shooting team at all, and it really hurt him in this game, and Syracuse took advantage of, you know, being disheveled, Duke being disheveled on defense. I remember watching this, uh, tuning in the last five, four or five minutes, and I was it, I was shocked. And when it went to overtime, I was like, you know, Duke's going to win, right? They, they kind of survived it. And then Syracuse still ended up winning the game. Um, it, it was quite incredible. And you know, you got terrific performances from Battle Chukwu, Elijah Hughes. Elijah, that that hat, that it wasn't even half court. It was, it was three fourths court buzzer beater. 
I mean, was just ridiculous that he that Hughes made that. I mean, in, in a game where it goes to overtime, all of a sudden that matters a little bit more. Duke only scored six points in overtime, and Syracuse went. And now it's like, okay, well, they go from all high and mighty beating Florida State with no Zion on the last second shot, and then and then they lose to lowly Syracuse at home. Even though you're down Trey Jones and Cameron Rush, you have you have Zion Williamson, you have R.J. Barrett. It's not excusable to lose a game against a team, an unranked team at home like that. <clears throat> but it happened. But it happened. And then comes Saturday. Virginia comes to town. And Virginia was the last unbeaten, right? Because Michigan had lost earlier in the day. They were the last unbeaten coming into that game. Virginia was coming off its best performance of the season, a home win against Virginia Tech, 81-59. to 89 I mean, Virginia Tech's one of the premier offensive teams in the country. And they shut them down. Tech was 7-for-21 from three. You know, suffocating defense on them. And meanwhile, on the other side, Virginia, 13-24. Tony Bennett's best offensive team. And a team that's just kind of kind of hitting on all strides at this point. K.E. Clark, the, the freshman point guard, you know, Virginia didn't have a guy that could guard the ball like, like Clark can. And he and he's solid offensively, can shoot the ball. And last year they didn't have that. They didn't really have a true point guard last year. I think Ty Jerome was having to play a lot of it. And that's why the UMBC, you know, those kind of those shorter, quicker guards were just eating up, eating up the Cavaliers defense. And you know, with Clark now in the fold that that has uh, ceased and then also having DeAndre Hunter back, the best pro prospect on Virginia. I mean, that's quite a big help, too. A great two-way player. Um, and very, I mean, for as good defensively as he is, and athletic as he is, he, is, he could score the ball. Very impressive. Coming off their best one of the season. Now, you think of Duke, so Cameron Rush, they'll get him back. But you think of Duke, no way, right, with Trey Jones out, that they'll win this game. I didn't think they would. I, I was very surprised to see it. But Duke did what Duke does. They out-athlete you. I mean, that, that was the story of the game. Now, it ended up being a, just a two-point game, 72-70. Um, and, and Duke's a, pl- a tough place to play. Yes, Syracuse beat him there. That's kind of fluky, but it happened. But regardless, Duke's a tough place to play. Zion just out-athleted him. R.J. Barrett, not a great shooting night, but he was he was he scored 30 points. He was able to do what everyone to in the lane. And that's your that's your concern for Virginia. That's your concern. There's not a whole lot of teams that can necessarily do that to Virginia, right? That's why they're that's why they're 16 and 1. But the teams that can, the teams that can out-athlete them. You know, this on a neutral like that's I mean, we're talking about Duke without the point guard, too. Now RJ Barrett stepped up. Had a very nice game. Only had one turnover. And 40 minutes of action. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. Duke, so Zion played 38 minutes. Reddish, who still is just has not been good this year. I mean, just it's surprisingly how, how underwhelming Karen Reddish has been. Um, still a terrific talent that's keeping him at the top of the draft boards, but he just has not shown up this year for the most part. They, they Now, against Florida State when they need him, he did, but other than that... Uh, he, he's really struggled. He gets in foul trouble a lot. And, you know, surprising, and he hasn't shot the ball as well as I know he could. Regardless, 37 minutes from Cameron Reddish, 40 minutes from both Jack White and R.J. Barrett. It shows you how tight of a rotation that, that Duke plays with. And it shows you you got to get Zion's in some sort of foul trouble. You just have to. Because if he, I mean, it's just going to be, it's so hard to beat them when he, is on the floor because he, I mean, he can just do things that most players just can't. And he, yeah, he's just, he's a terrific talent. He's one of the best freshmen in college basketball in recent memory. I, I still think Anthony, I'd take Anthony Davis over regardless. But, you know, for Virginia, this isn't the worst loss I've ever. I still think they'll beat them in Charlottesville. I think they'll beat Duke in Charlottesville. Charlottesville. I really do. 
Um, they shot a putrid – so they hit 13 threes against Virginia Tech. They hit three this game, 17% from three. And that killed them. They shot over 50% from the floor, and then they missed – in a game you lose two points. They lost – they missed – Six free throws. Remember, Ty Jerome at the end, in the first half missed the front end of a one and one. I mean, Ty Jerome. I mean, talking about the best guard on the team, right? And I don't, I don't anticipate them shooting that poorly again. But it is a little bit of cause of concern that Duke was able to, you know, without their point guard, was able to beat them and was able to kind of impose their will on them for much, uh, for much of that game. Uh, but Virginia. Still, I you know I think that they're very much a top ten team. I think they're very much a threat. But I mean, at at some point there needs to be more than just regular season results. We'll have to. I mean, Tony Bennett's a great coach, but they're gonna have to find ways uh, to win. They're gonna have to find ways to beat teams that are just more athletic than them and that can do things that can attack them. And to this point, they haven't had an answer for those teams. Um, whether it be you know in the postseason, so they're gonna have to find a way. Uh, to, they're gonna have to win a tough game. They're just they're gonna have to win, and, and you know, do being without their point guard this game. I really thought Virginia would win, but it just shows you how good those two guys are in Barrett and Zion, and it's in it, it's why Duke's just gonna be a threat. They're they're gonna be there at the very end. And that is what it is. All right, so Michigan, they lost their first game. Um, we'll talk about Big Ten now. Michigan, Michigan State, how about that? Michigan lost their first game. They threw up their first real clunker. They threw up a clunker back in, I think it was late November, early December against Northwestern when the Big Ten plays their first two conference games, that little slate they do. And they threw up kind of a clunker in that game. But they, they, were, they, were, they were able to win because Northwestern is very good. But and neither is Wisconsin. We're talking about Wisconsin will make the tournament. They'll they'll go as like a seven or eight seed, and they'll maybe win a game or two. Uh, but but we're not talking about a real threat because they don't have enough offensive weapons. They don't play a style of basketball. You know, like they're they're Virginia light essentially. That's what Wisconsin is. But they're not quite as good defensively. They have a, they. I would say they have. I mean, Ethan Happ's better than any post player that Virginia has, but it's but they're kind of like that. They you know slow, grind it out, you know, don't turn over, don't foul, that kind of. A, that's I mean that's 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 Wisconsin, that's Virginia. That's very similar pace um, of 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 ball. <coughs> Ethan Happ though was terrific in this game. Totally dominated the game and put the game away. 20, 26... 26, 7 assists, and 10 rebounds. I mean, he just totally dominated the game. Um, you know, Wisconsin needed this game in the worst way. I have a friend that's a Michigan fan, and, I, you know, I, I, was, I was texting. I was like, you know, after Duke lost to Syracuse, I was like, well, there you go. Your path number one's pretty clear. I'm like, but Wisconsin, they're not very good. They're, they're, they're okay. They're, like, they're fine. But – a day, but a desperate team's a dangerous team, and especially at home. And you saw that. I mean, Greg Gard knew he had to win this game, and he won it. And Wisconsin flat out wanted it more. They executed down the stretch. Michigan flat out did not execute at the end of the game. Um, Charles Matthews was a no-show, and Michigan in big games cannot afford him to be a no-show. He has to be more aggressive. Only five shot attempts in this game. John Teske was terrific. He was the bright spot. He was the guy that was keeping them, that was keeping Michigan afloat and had them up in the second half. Um, Brad Zegas, uh, Iggy Brad, or, yeah, Iggy Brad Zegas, uh, no points. Leading score coming in. So you get five points combined from Iggy and Charles Matthews. No chance you're winning a game on the road like that. And it's amazing that it was only a 10-point game. You're like, where are the points coming from? Jordan Poole had a good first half, no show in the second. Um, just no, no offense. Uh, five for 18 from three. Michigan's a team, play defense, make threes. That's their thing. And, and you know, they, they'll usually they'll rebound pretty well. Uh, they move the ball solid. Uh, only 11 assists in this game to 16 turnovers. Um, they did have seven blocks. But you know, with Wisconsin, that's unsurprising with how many shots Wisconsin takes close to the bat, to the bucket. 
but they were not able to they didn't play bad defense but when you're off, you get no offense you only hit five threes in a row game I mean I think Michigan's probably what averaging between eight and ten threes a game and, and that's the difference and you only make five and, and that's what happens <clears throat> You know, for Michigan, the concern is the same. I don't think necessarily this, like, changes them, but I think they kind of, like, this was kind of a reality check for them, right? You know, so Michigan's wins of meaning right now are as goes. They beat, you know, at Villanova, still one of the better road wins of the season. Not because because you beat Villanova on the road by 27 points. I mean, that's, <clears throat> I know Villanova isn't as good. They definitely took a step back. But that's still one of the best road wins of the season, regardless. <clears throat> but at the time, it looked great. Now it's like, okay, you know, still a very good win, but Villanova not quite as, not not quite the team that uh, we expected them to be. Maybe not not a top ten team, that's for sure. Carolina at home, just you know, dismantling. That's probably their best win. I'd say that's that's to this point, that's Michigan's best win because that I mean that you know Carolina, I have them as a top ten team. They're very good. And they dismantled them in the second half. It was very, it was, I think it was a five-point game at halftime, and they had them down by as much as twenty. So, good win. Purdue, they beat Purdue, which Purdue I think might be ranked coming into this week. That win looks better now because you know I think they Purdue had a really rough stretch. They lost three or four straight, but now they're starting to win some games. <clears throat> uh, just recently, put it on Indiana at home uh, yesterday. And then, you know, they beat South Carolina at home. That's a that's an eh win, right? But South Carolina started off pretty well, so it's not terrible. They bre- they beat a ranked Indiana that will not be ranked coming in. That will, they will not be ranked uh, tomorrow. That's for sure. Guarantee you that. So that's I – mean, but that's the extent of their wins, right? Get at Illinois, like they like, – like they beat Northwestern twice. They won at Illinois. They beat Penn State at home. Um – so, they. I think it's fair to put them. They're still a top five team in my opinion. I don't think that they drop all the way out, uh, out of the top five because of a loss to, to, um, <clears throat> to Wisconsin. But this week's crucial. Minnesota at home, you know, another team because Minnesota, they're at the point where they're on the bubble, and a win like that would punch your ticket. Essentially, you win at Michigan. I don't see Michigan losing at home this year. The only team I could see them losing to at home is Michigan State. But I still would take Michigan right now. And then at Indiana, again, a desperate team. You're talking about a team that's lost four in a row at home against what's going to be a, probably a top five team. They're going to want this game. So Michigan's going to have to tighten it up. I still see them getting a one seed. I don't think there's that many games out there for them to lose. So the remaining road games, I think they're winning all their home games. I, that let's let's work with that assumption. They're gonna win the rest of their home games, which I think is fair, right? They've been pretty darn good at home. I don't. They haven't really played any close games at home this year. Um, <clears throat> at Indiana on the 25th, at Iowa on February 1st, at Rutgers, at Penn State, at Minnesota, at Maryland at Michigan State. So I think it's fair to say they'll lose th- maybe three more. They'll lose at Michigan State. They'll lose at Maryland if Maryland keeps playing the way they have. And then one – I mean, Iowa, I could see them. So they're going to go into their conference tournament, which they're going to have a great chance to win, with no more than five losses, in my opinion. And I think they could they could steal at Iowa. They could – in Rutgers, they should win that game. Penn State, they should win that game. I think they can win in Minnesota. Minnesota's a tough place to play. They can win there. I think Penn State almost beat them last night um, at Minnesota. <clears throat> but it, should they hold serve at home, combined with wins, you know, maybe you steal one against – I mean, Iowa at, at Iowa, at Maryland, at Michigan State, those are going to be the three. Those are going to be the three you're going to look for. Right? That Those are the uh, – if Michigan should steal that, they're going to be in a really good position to get a one seed. All right, Michigan State. Because <clears throat> it's going to be between Michigan and Michigan State, in my opinion. One of those two. They're not both getting one. Uh, but Michigan State, um, you know, Michigan only has the one loss at this point. So we shall see. Okay, Michigan State, they played on Thursday. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so Michigan State, they haven't lost against since Louisville. They haven't lost since 
Louisville game. And they've been without Josh Langford, I believe, since they played Northwestern. Or, or no, it was Eastern. No, which which game was it? Or maybe, I think it was Northern Illinois. I believe that's when it was when they played Northern Illinois. They've been out without Josh Langford for a long time, and they haven't lost at, at Ohio State two weeks ago. I was like, oh, Ohio State, perfect position to win that game. They lose that. Uh, they they beat Purdue, then they win at Penn State. Both of those games never really in doubt. They handled, and then they go to Nebraska, and I watched some of that game, and they handled Nebraska. I mean, it, you know, Nebraska kind of fought back, made a six-point game, but they had them down double digits. Cassius Winston has been insane the past few weeks. He has been terrific. This might, be, I mean, Michigan State was supposed to be all, you know, the best team last year, and they really faded fast towards the end of the year. <clears throat> this team is better. They're a better team. That you know, last year's team had better individuals, but this year you have a better team. Cash Winston putting the team on his back with 29 points when they need it, and Nick Ward double double machine. Kenny Goins gets 10 to 15 rebounds every game. He's not going to score a whole lot, but he gets he gets rebounds. He he gives you opportunities. He eliminates second chances on the defensive end and the offensive end. He gives you second chances. Uh, Aaron Henry uh, had to play in pl- place of Kyle Aaron's. He was also out. Another starter. Uh, and he's been terrific. Really good defender. Uh, scored nine points in this game for a freshman. Very advanced offensively. Um, Tom Izzo, I mean, it's a classic Tom Izzo team. Not a ton of, like, talent. <clears throat> but tough, gritty, and they find ways to win. And winning at Nebraska this year, I mean, Nebraska's good. That's a good team. And Michigan State, you know, wasn't really sweating that. Warning was not intimidated. Um, again, I think they're the fourth-ranked team in the country. They host Maryland, another team that's going to shoot way up because they've been terrific lately. Maryland and then at Iowa and at Purdue. That three-game stretch for Michigan State is going to be tough. And I don't know, <clears throat> you know, who knows when Josh Langford gets back and he's getting out of the boot pretty soon. They're going to evaluate him then. <clears throat> But we will have to see. Um, I, I uh, but Michigan State, man, they, they're playing as good as anyone in the country right now. Um, having lost in two months, and the, consistent, gritty, they do all the things you need to do to win. Speaking of Maryland, they just won at Ohio State. That's another team. That's a team I'd probably put in the top fifteen at this point. I mean, they've been, they've been absolutely terrific. They are on a. They haven't lost since Seton Hall. Lost at home to Seton Hall. That is that's been their lone loss since. And when was that game? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've they've won seven in a row, and they've won at Minnesota handily, destroyed them. They beat Indiana. They Wisconsin. They had a big lead, and Wisconsin kind of came back. They held on, and they just won at Ohio State. Maryland's been terrific. Anthony Cowan is great. Bruno Fernando is an absolute monster. One of the best. Post players, they may have the best uh, tandem of post players in the country with Jalen Smith and Bruno Fernando. Those dudes just dominate down low, and like I said, Cowan's terrific. I thought they were going to take a little bit of a step back. No Kevin Herter, that's a tough loss. I mean, he he he's good. <laughs> he's good in the NBA, but uh, the Maryland Terrapins looking like the real deal, and uh, a team that is very much worth keeping your eye on going forward. And, again, I think they're going to make a big move in the top 15. All right, SEC now. We need to talk about Tennessee, and then we'll get to Kentucky Auburn. Tennessee. Um, I don't know what happened to them. They were playing really well in that first half. I think they shot 60% in the first half, had 44 points. They were kind of rolling. I mean, it was just one of those I was watching it. And as a Kentucky fan, I'm hoping Tennessee gets knocked off. And, and I'm just like, oh, this is whatever. And so I flip, flipped back on Kansas and West Virginia. And I, I don't really care about that game. And I was watching it. And then I look at the little ticker at the bottom. And, uh, and I see, oh, Alabama's cut it to, to seven. Okay. Because it was 12 at halftime. They were, they were down by quite a bit, Alabama was. It turned on. And with within seconds of me turning it on, Alabama has the lead. It's 45-44. And I'm like, what on earth is happening? And 
there are times where John Petty will come off the bench and just go berserk. I mean, we'll just go crazy. 30 points in this game, had a stretch where he wasn't missing anything, and it was it was just, like, it was great. It was just fun to watch. Dante Hall, double-double again, was terrific. Kyra Lewis Jr., looking like a steal. Reclassified up from the 2019 class, enrolled early, 17 years old currently. The SEC never that. <laughs> If I had a dollar for every time they've they've mentioned Kyra Lewis, seventeen years old, I'd, I'd I'd have like twenty bucks by now since I've been like focusing on it. Uh, but my goodness, he's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be at this age. You can put him on or off the ball. Um, Tennessee just looked disheveled in the middle of that half. I mean, Jordan Jordan Bowden and Grant Williams saved them. Admiral Schofield was terrible, missing wide open three. I mean, he missed three wide open threes. And it was like one of those, okay, here we go. He's going to hit a wide open three, and then Tennessee will pull away. And boom, it just missed it, missed it. Um, With how bad Tennessee played in the second half, hit 27 points, it is a stunner that they won. The reason they won, though, and the sole reason they won is because Alabama couldn't hit free throws. Eight for 18 at the line. I just remember, like, it was clank, clank, clank. Dazon Ingram, who who essentially um, iced the game against Kentucky, I was hitting free throw after free throw. Couldn't buy one in this game. John Petty missing him. I mean, it was a pathetic performance from Alabama at the free throw line. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's the thing about Avery Johnson's team. I mean, like the parts are better than the team, but, man, when they come together, they're really good, and you get John Petty shooting like that. I mean, they have a win against Kentucky now, and they took Tennessee toe-to-toe at Thompson Bowling Arena. I mean, if they had won this game, take a punch, they're in the tournament if they don't blow it. Because, I mean, you know, like these two results against A&M and now this game, you flip them, and Alabama is probably an eight seed. Um, because, okay, Texas A&M, that'd be their wor- easily their worst loss this season. I think it's worse than the loss of Georgia State. And then, you, you know, Tennessee and Kentucky, that's two of, the best, two of the best teams in the SEC right now. And you have a win against both of them, a win against Tennessee on the road? Currently the third-ranked team in the country. Yeah, that, that's a great win. And it would have been the best win of anyone this season had they been able to pull off. Tennessee has not lost at home since Auburn, the first conference game last year. That was, was over a year ago. So, <clears throat> you know, shame Alabama couldn't pull it off, but they played toe-to-toe. If you're Tennessee, okay, you were, you were just destroying teams left and right. Here's your little wake-up call. Uh, did not play well offensively at all in the second half. Uh, only hit three threes. Don't know how they managed to get 71 points. They, they, they you know, they shot a respectable 12 for 16 from the line, but my goodness. Got out-rebounded in the game. Um, you know, really bad. Tennessee's worst performance in probably a couple months. Um, but they're lucky. They're lucky to still be undefeated. They're still one of the better teams, even if they had lost. But uh, clearly, you know, not as dominant, I think, as – Maybe thought. I mean, they're still really good. Don't take away from that. But they, uh, you know, they're they're beatable. They're beatable at home. They're going to have some games. I think that they're going to get pushed both at home on the road. I know they go to LSU next month. That'll be quite a game. I know they go to Kentucky fairly soon. Um, who do they play coming up next? They play going to go to Vandy. That should be an easy win. West Virginia at home. That's I mean for the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Uh, th- that should be a win as well. South Carolina at South Carolina at A and M, both pretty bad teams. Missouri at home, Florida at home. South Carolina, they should be undefeated, um, and you know they should continue the win streak. They haven't lost since Kansas, uh, heading into the game at Rupp on De- or on February sixteenth. Excuse me. Okay, so now we'll talk about Kentucky. Kentucky's had quite a. <laughs> Quite a few uh, last few weeks. Uh, they are now on a four-game win streak, and since we last talked, they played A and M, and they didn't look so good. They played Vandy after that, and they didn't look so good in that game. Back-to-back games, they were down by double digits early. They came back against Vandy, one of the worst one of the worst games in the Cal era, uh, 56-47. But the defense really good, and then they played at Georgia, and that that was a trap game, in my opinion, for Kentucky. It's like, well, Georgia's not very good, but you know, at home. They've been pretty good at home this year, and if you don't bring it, 
Like they're they're a big physical tough team. It'll be you know we'll, we'll let's see what happens. And Kentucky played great. I, I thought they played really well. Ashton Higgins in his homecoming dominated, totally dominated the game uh, with four steals, twenty three points, uh, five rebounds, uh, four assists. I mean he he was uh, he he was terrific. Uh, hit a three pointer, nine for eighteen from the floor, led the team in points. I mean he was great. If you told me before the season Kentucky was going to win a game on the road in the SEC with Keldon Johnson throwing up a goose egg, I would have said no. No way. Uh-uh. Keldon Johnson and Ray, Reed Travis combined for six points in this game. Reed Travis had all the six. I mean, it, you know, that's that's quite shocking. And Kentucky is able to win against a road game by 20 points and, and, and totally shut down Georgia Four for 27 from three. Good to see. And it's good to see Kentucky beat a bad team by a lot because that has not happened very much this year. Kentucky hasn't been able to beat bad teams by a lot. And they did in this game, and I think it was a good confidence booster for the game upcoming against Auburn. I had a sneaky good feeling about this game for if, you know, as a Kentucky fan. The game against Auburn. Well, hold on a second. I'm trying to pull up the box score. I just need a good feeling. I felt like Kentucky was like they were equipped. They were good enough to win this game. Now, I felt like you know, okay, we've been playing. You know, they excuse me, not the we. They've been playing very good defense lately, especially on the three point line. Um, the offense was a little bit of a concern, but I was like, they can. They've proven they can score. Uh, but we'll see how this goes. And early on, it was a rock fight. There was not many points scored. Uh, it was tied at twenty seven. And Kentucky went on a little run that kind of, in the first half that uh, you know ended up kind of that ended up being kind of the winning run because that's what it I mean that that was the difference. Um, Tyler Hero in this game was absolutely terrific. Keldon Johnson was more assertive, made game-winning plays. Uh, Reed Travis. So Austin Wiley sat this game. He. Had, with a leg injury, I don't really know what it was, but he had a couple weeks. That enabled Reed Travis to kind of dominate down low. They got uh, Anthony Macklemore in foul trouble early. I mean, he had two fouls in the first four minutes of the game, ended up fouling out. That was big. I mean, that, that's their that's their best rim protector, especially with Austin Wiley out. And uh, so, you're, I mean, you talk about you're taking their two bigs away. And, and uh, Macklemore only ended up playing 17 minutes. Only registered the one block, <clears throat> did not make a field goal, scored only two points. They took him out of the game. That was big. Reed Travis ended up having a field day, six for seven from the floor, seventeen point seven rebounds. Really good game for Reed Travis. He did a lot of good things. PJ Washington, I thought he was solid. Thirteen point seven re- rebounds, couple assists, uh, hit a three pointer. <clears throat> you know, I thought he played pretty well. Um, Got called for that ridiculous flagrant foul, which I don't. I just don't know how you call that. That's um, SEC officiating is is, is horrid. Um, if you didn't see it, PJ went to make a play on a on Horace Spencer, who went up for a dunk. He he hit his arm, PJ that is, hit his arm, and he fell hard because he you know he's going up for a dunk, kind of hits his head on the floor, gets gets blood, but it was clear that P.J. was making a play on the ball. They called a flagrant on me. It, it almost changed the entire game, but it did not. Um, but Tyler Hero, it was the story because he kept quieting the crowd. Uh, he sparked that run at the end of the first half. He sparked it. Uh, the first bucket, I think he attacked the rim. He ended up missing it, but he attacked the rim, allowed a tip back or a put back for Kelton Johnson. Second second time, he, he made a great pass across or from under the bucket out to Kelton for the three. And then he got a steal, initiate a break. Ashton gets it back to him. He hits a three. Boom, eight-point lead going in the half. Kentucky got that lead all the way up to 17 um, before Bryce Brown <laughs> happened. Um, I, I think if Kentucky – if so Kentucky was up by 14 at one point. And they were kind of just cruising along. They were, they were doing what they were doing. And – Tyler Hero decides to foul Bryce Brown, the three, uh, you know, the Auburn three-point shooter, Bryce Brown, fouls him, gets f- three free free throws, three free free throws. That's whew, that's a that's a tongue twister. But anyway, makes all three of them. 
and that that put Auburn right back in the game. If they don't, if, if that doesn't happen, I think Kentucky wins the game by ten plus because that like sparked everything. And Kentucky was a couple stops in that in that instance, a couple stops from really blowing the game open and Auburn totally kind of slouching. But the thing about Auburn is, no matter how much they are down, and really no matter what time either. Like if they're down thirty with. Four minutes left, and come back. But like, no matter how much they're down, they are always a threat to come back and not just make it a game, win the game. And they just about did that. Bryce Brown put on a show for the ages, uh, twenty-eight points with seven for seven, seven for seven in the second half. <clears throat> he, I think he had five points at halftime. He had like twenty-three in the second, something like that. It was it was ridiculous, and it, and his threes weren't touching. I mean, it was it was they were stroking him. He was stroking them. It was beautiful. Like it was, it was quite a performance. Auburn entered the half. I think they were, they were five for nineteen from three. I believe something like that. Well, they went uh, eight for eleven in the second half, or something, something along those lines. Eight for eleven, eight for twelve. I mean, they they, they were stroking. Um, Thirty of their fifty-six shot attempts were three pointers. I mean, they they were so dangerous, and and and, that, and Bryce Brown was the sole responsibility that 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 it was a game, like yeah, Jared Harper gave you some, made some nice plays. Chuma OKK had uh, nine second half points as well, but Bryce Brown initiated the entire comeback, and he was the reason that this you know that, that this game was a game, and he he was absolutely uh, terrific. And it ended up going right down the wire. Tyler Hero, Emmanuel quickly able to finish him off. I mean, Jared Harper hit a three that put Auburn up 80-79. And um, Hero hit a pair. Jared Harper, I don't know how that last shot of his didn't go in. I have no clue. I have no clue. Like, it looked like it was going in. Somehow rimmed out <clears throat> and quickly got a hold of it. Makes a, makes one of two. The, Samir Dotti is not able to <clears throat> excuse me to make the half court heave so now for Kentucky uh, big week coming up they're back at home at Rupp against Mississippi State and Kansas playing with a lot of confidence this was kind of their marquee win I was I, I kind of took I was starting to take Kentucky seriously after they beat Carolina Louisville back to back I was like, okay, this is a team to, that I could see a big blue nation excited for, excited for, and then the Alabama game happened. And I was like, well, this is exactly what I was worried about them playing like. So I was like, yeah, they're not ready yet. So I couldn't take it. Now, okay, after this, because this is a road game against Auburn, this is the toughest environment they're going to face all year. Tennessee's a better team. That's the toughest road game, but if, as far as environment, none tougher than this. I mean, earlier in the season. Uh, and I mean earlier, I mean the first week of the season. Auburn played a home game. It was their home opener against Washington. And I remember watching that game thinking, how on earth could Kentucky win in the, in in this building? I mean, it was 48-30 halftime. And they just kept piling it on, piling it on. And it was, this dude's making three, this dude's making I mean, it was, it was just a show. It was a show. And I was like, well, there's just no chance. And this was one of the games that, you don't you, you don't expect Kentucky to win, uh, and, and they end up doing it. And if you're okay, okay, now we now we can start to take you seriously. Although Mississippi State, I think presents an interesting challenge. I don't think Kentucky's going to lose this game necessarily, but they better be careful because State has athletes, they have size, they have a lot of size, they have size on the bench, they have size playing between Eric Coleman and Abdullah Dude. Those are massive human beings. Reed Travis is going to struggle. I, th- I think with that with that link, they're gonna have to be able to score from the perimeter. They're gonna be have to be able to get to the free throw line and and get those guys in foul trouble. I think that's very important for Kentucky's chance they will win this game. And against Kansas, Kansas kind of really struggling. They, you know, well I guess we'll, we'll get into them next. But man, they're struggling. We'll we'll talk about the Big Twelve. That's a good segue <clears throat> into Kansas. We'll talk about them in Tech. The two. The top of the Big Twelve really, really struggling um, right now. So Kansas, they were able to sneak away with a win against 
Texas on Monday. I watched most of that game. And Texas was able to make a few – like Kansas kind of had control, and then Texas was able to make a few threes and make it a game. Uh, I believe that Texas was down by two, and with a chance to win, they they didn't get a very good shot. They miss it, and Texas – or Kansas, excuse me, survives at Fog Allen. Yeah, Fieldhouse. Um, the West Virginia, they were not so lucky. I mean, this is just not a very good offensive team at this point. It's all Dedrick Lawson, right? Dedrick Law. And, you know, Marcus Garrett was able to put a career high together. It, they're, they're kind of depending on him for their offense, but he's not a great offensive player. He's solid in the arc. He's very good defensively. He's one of the better defen- defensive players in in the conference, had six steals in this game. But you don't want him being your primary scorer. LeGerald Vick is streaky. Quentin Grimes still hasn't woken up. Devon, or Devin Dotson is good, but you want him running the team, not really worried about uh, not really worried about scoring for himself. He had seven turnovers and one assist in Kansas' loss uh, to West Virginia yesterday. And West Virginia's bad. I mean, that's a bad team. And this is a team that's not going to the tournament. No Sog Kanate. Uh, they, they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. Like they have Beetle Bolden, he can make some plays. Um, Jermaine Haley, I, I never really heard of him. Went five for five from the floor, ended up having, making the game winning shot. Um, Texas, or I think, I think Texas, Kansas got outscored. Their bench got outscored. Um, let's see, what was it? 28 to four. 28 to 4. Uh, the, not much out of their bench. Mitch Lightfoot gives you next to nothing. Uh, David McCormick, he plays a little bit, but he's still very young, very raw. Uh, KJ Lawson, again, I, I you know, there's a lot of hype around the Lawson Twins. Now, Dedrick Lawson's been very good, and he's kind of kept this team afloat. KJ hasn't done a whole lot. And Charlie Morgan, you know, backing up Devin Nelson. I mean, it's a very tight rotation. For Bill Self, another you know they don't have a whole lot of depth. Without Udoka as a buki, all three losses have come without him, and that's I mean I think that's a killer for him, and that's a guy that you absolutely need. And they won it rough two years ago, you know with without Carlton Bragg. I remember thinking that was a that was a somewhat of a big loss for him, but that team had Josh Jackson, fourth pick in the draft. Frank Mason, one of the best point guards in Kansas history, and Devontae Graham, another really good point guard. All those three guys. And they don't have that this year. Devin Dotson's nice. He's a good player. But he ain't Frank Mason. Quentin Grimes is nowhere near the level of a Devontae Graham. LeGerald Vick is nowhere near the talent of a Josh Jackson. You know, Marcus Garrett's a nice player, but that's not, again, that's not who you want to be going to for scoring. And Dedrick Lawson is a guy that Reed Travis can match up with. They're very similar players, except Reed Travis more, probably, you know, he's bigger, stronger. Uh, Lawson probably slightly leaner, longer, that kind of a deal. But they're very similar players because they're not super athletic. That's why they're back in college. That's why they're not in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> so, interesting matchup, but I, I think Kentucky will end up uh, – will handle them. I, I think Kentucky continues their hot streak, and they they, uh, they defend they, – they hold serve at home. It would surprise me if they did not. Gonzaga still is destroying teams. I just want to throw that out there. Texas Tech, my goodness, they had a rough go of it this week, did they? A home loss to Iowa State, that was a stunner. And then at Baylor losing this game. 73-62, giving Baylor some bubble life. Uh, that was a team that was not looking so good earlier in the year. And now with wins at home against Iowa State and Texas Tech, uh, all of a sudden, okay, maybe they have a chance. Um, no Tristan Clark in this game as well. Remember, he, he's out for the year. Uh, Texas Tech had been getting by by playing insanely good defense all year, and they had been suffocating teams doing that. Um, it's not working anymore. All of a sudden, Iowa State can score. Baylor on the road conference. It's hard to depend solely on defense. I think that, that that's the entire point of you know Virginia. That kind of it's very hard to, to 
rely solely on your defense because there's going to be games where the other team just makes shots you can't that you can defend all day, but it's just a good shot. And I think that's kind of what's happening to Texas Tech. And they're going on the road, and Baylor, they hit 11 threes compared to just five for Texas Tech. You have to be able to score, whether it be in, inside the arc, behind the arc, at the free throw. you got to find a way to get to the line. Also getting out-rebounded by Baylor, a team with not a ton of size. That's kind of a surprising stat as well. 17 turnovers. Jared Culver, it, it, there's so much pressure on him to do it all. And, uh, you know, they, they need they need Odiasi to step up. Tariq Owens, um, Matt Mooney, Brandon Francis. They need those guys to step up or else, you know, it's it's going to flame out eventually because they can't just lean on their defense. Um, team, you know, they were a team that looked so good early on and now has seemed to have been exposed. And now they go to a red-hot Kansas State team who waxed Oklahoma on the road recently. They've been looking really good uh, lately. They got Dean Wade back from injury, won four straight, including at Iowa State, at Oklahoma, won both of those games, just beat TCU. They'll be a top 25 team. That's a tough game for Texas Tech on the road. And then they host Arkansas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They need to get back on track. Quick word about Nevada before I go. It, it, I didn't really mention uh, North Carolina as well. And Ole Miss as well. They, they've been terrific. 4-1 um, and one to start. Kermit Davis has his team playing at an extremely high level. We mentioned them a little bit earlier. Uh, but they've, they are continuing to win games. They, they do beat Arkansas pretty good. They lost against LSU, but LSU's really good. Um, still has wins over Auburn and Mississippi State at Mississippi State as well. Um, Kermit Davis is going to find his team in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I don't think they're going to drop much do that home loss to LSU. Um, Houston, they continue to win as well with their only loss coming at Temple. Uh, top 20 team, in my opinion. Indiana, like I said, they are falling apart. Romeo Langford hasn't been quite – hasn't been uh, – hasn't been great for him recently. Uh, they had a horrible – they shot like 30% from the free throw line. Archie Miller has his work cut out for him going forward. And Gonzaga is – like I said, Gonzaga – they're the third best team in the country right now, and I think they could easily be number one. I think Rothstein had them two, and Duke three, I think is what it was. I flipped those two, but it's very close. Uh, Gonzaga could go toe-to-toe with anyone in the country. Nevada, if you didn't watch this game, shame on you on the CBS Sports Network. I forget which which day it was, whether it was Wednesday or Thursday, but they played at Boise State. And it looked like Boise State was finally going to get a top ten win under their coach. It was like the, they were like zero and ten or something all under the, under this coach they had against the top ten opponents. And Cody Martin, a below twenty percent three point shooter, hits a three in the waning seconds to end up and uh, to avoid the upset. Nevada man, they've been they've been playing close. Like the Air Force, they didn't play great in that game. And, uh, you know, starting to look a little bit more beatable. Still a really good team. I still put them in the top ten. But uh, I, I wonder again in the tournament, you know, who would you rather play? I, I thought about this last night. Who would you rather play, Auburn or Nevada? And, and my pick would be I'd rather play Nevada. Because Auburn, I mean, that team is so explosive offensively. No matter how much you get up by, you always have to worry about Bryce Brown. Boom, boom, boom. Nevada may be the more well-rounded team. But, man, Auburn's so explosive. And, and they're good defensively, too. I mean, they, they force a lot of turnovers, Auburn does. I'd rather play Nevada than Auburn. But right now, I think it's fair, you know, Nevada, only, the only one loss. And the thing is that they have only played one ranked team all season. And that will be against, that, or that was against Arizona State, who is currently out of the field, according to Joey Brackett. Uh, so, you know. We'll have to see how battle-tested they are at tournament time. I still think that their collection of talent, and they got a really good coach, I still think they're worthy of top-10 status uh, as of right now. All right, thank you all for listening to the Posting Up podcast.
Um, like I said, I'll try to do this again sometime around this time next week. Um, and give me feedback. I'd love to hear it. Uh, but have a great week and watch some college basketball. Thank you all for listening.